Hello and welcome to an all new episode of The Spotlight. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And I'm so happy to be here with you guys tonight. We have yet again another great episode planned for you. We will be unveiling the top five U.S. presidents, fictional U.S. presidents captured in movie and film. So uh, that'll be really good, and I'm looking forward to it. But before we do that, let me introduce my co-hosts and who will be the panel for tonight. Uh, you know this young lady. She's our returning champ. It's the one and only Jen. How are you doing, Jen? Hey, I'm doing great. All right. So, you know, uh, I want to start this uh, tradition, right? This week in Los Angeles, it's been quite hot. I mean... People think, you know, of L.A., they think, you know, warm and sunny weather. Well, it's October, and it's hotter than it was in any part of the summer or any part of the year. It's been, like, in the hundreds, right? So, uh, currently, let me let me pull up what we're working with now. I should have had that going, right? Currently, here, right now, it is in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, it is. Uh oh. Currently, the weather is seventy six. Not bad, right? Seventy six. Uh, what is it? What is it where you're at, uh, Jen? It is about seventy eight degrees right now. Okay, pretty cool. And you are in uh, Hawaii, so everybody's so jealous of you. By the way. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, I've got a spare bedroom. Anybody wants to come? Hey, just hit me up. Hey, hey, don't be shocked when I come knocking on your door. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want you to be like, oh, that was just the radio. I wasn't serious. <laughs> I would. I will be there. I, you know, I would be there with like the old school stick and the the handkerchief and the. Like, they man. Walk, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure, man. I'll be there. All right, so also joining us once again, a returning champ, is the one and only Keenan. How you doing, Keenan? What's up, people? How y'all doing out there? Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to be here to talk about these movies. All right, man. And, and what's the temperature where you're at? Uh, currently in Las Vegas, it is 67 degrees. 67 degrees in Las Vegas. So in L.A., Hawaii, and... Uh, and Las Vegas, uh, <laughs> it's pretty, it's, it's not cold. <laughs> and also joining us, let's see if we got her audio working. Uh, Cher, how you doing, Cher? No, <laughs> we still ain't got her. All right, let's do this. Uh, I'm gonna call you, you can stay on video. Uh, I'm gonna call you on your phone. So you can stay on video and we'll call you through your phone. So let, let's do like that. Because I believe they'll be able to hear us. Let's see if that'll work. Hello. All right. There we go. We got her now. Hey. Hey. <laughs> All right. All right. Cher. Cher is in the house. All right. So, uh, Cher, um, Welcome to the show, and uh, also um, we've been doing this thing where we're we're saying what the temperature is where we're at. Now, where are you at currently, right now? I am in Bayside, Queens, in New York, right now. 
Oh, okay. And your old stomping yeah. grounds, right? What's up? <laughs> and uh, right now, it's saying it's fifty degrees. Fifty degrees. So, so, so uh, I think, so I think I have the hottest, and you have the coldest. By I'm barely. I think I was seventy eight, and Jen was like seventy six. So I just barely nudged her out for the championship. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so we're going to be talking about movies tonight we're going to be talking about um the top five u.s presidents uh in tv and film uh fictional of course but before we do that i wanted to talk about a couple of topics uh that i that i wanted to get to and the first thing i wanted to get to was um on tuesday is Halloween. And uh, I think it was our last episode, it was Friday the 13th. So, um, you know, Halloween is a very interesting, uh, uh, well, it's not a holiday, but, you know, um, whereas if you were a kid, you love it because you get to dress up and trick or treat, right? If you're an adult, you like it because you get to go to a, a costume party and have a, have a good time and whatnot. Right. So I think uh, I think the uh, I'm the last time I dressed up as anything, I was actually Michael Myers. Uh, that was a couple of years ago. And I totally got to see why Michael Myers uh, was so upset because that mask is, <laughs> you know, you, you end up dying in that mask. That, 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 thing, is hot. that thing is hot. So uh, so I want to start off with you, Jen. What was the last? thing you dressed up as for a costume party <clears throat> let's see the last thing that i dressed up in i think it was a witch but i i have to i have to say almost always throughout my entire life i have dressed up as something completely dorky in fact one year i dressed up as a calculator that's how much of a dork i am so there you go <laughs> that's funny that's funny what about you Cher? What was the last thing you dressed up as um, the last outfit I wore, uh, was a witch costume. It's actually kind of a solemn day for me. Um, I, of course, embraced the stereotype with a witch hat and all. Um, but as you know, Kente, I'm pagan. So it's actually, it's, it's known as Samhain in, in, in pagan rites. And because it's that time of year when the veil is so thin between our world and the spiritual world, we call upon our ancestors and those that have passed on before us. It's almost like a, a day of the dead um, for us. In fact, it is a day of the, the dead for us. Um, so, yeah, so I, I embraced the stereotype. I had a cute little witchy hat and all, and I, I have it with me here in New York, too, so... <laughs> she ready to go <laughs> yeah <funny. laughs> i left my room at home though that i did leave at home couldn't pa couldn't get that past the tsa so <laughs> so so somebody called you a witch that's not a put down that's you're like oh yeah that's me that is correct it's not a put down <laughs> all right so keenan what was the last thing you dressed up as oh uh, last year you know i got a daughter three-year-old daughter so i like to participate with her and uh i, I was i had Took her to Disney World. It was Star Wars time, and I got a, a Darth Vader Mickey hat, like a helmet. <laughs> ah, that's dope. So, 
I had dressed in all black and I had the lightsaber and I was apparently Mickey Vader. But like I went to a couple Halloween parties and I just did Tupac, you know, everybody called me Tupac sometimes and I just put a bandana on and I'm, I'm good to go. I like it, man. You, you can't go wrong with Tupac. Now, me and Sharon, we don't have children, but both Keenan and Jen do. So what is Halloween like for you guys? We'll start off with you, Jen, uh, being a parent and uh, and such. What is it like? <clears throat> well, now it's a whole lot more quiet than it used to be, but um, my kids are getting a little bit too too old to go trick-or-treating. But um, it's but, but I, I have to say, though, the older that your kids get, it's like the 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 louder and the crazier they get on days when there is some kind of celebration. You'd think it would be the opposite, but it really is. Uh, most, of the, most of our Halloweens now are just spent handing out candy to trick-or-treaters, so we're getting old. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the handing out candy, but uh, what about you, Keenan? What is it like for you as a father and, uh, you know, when Halloween comes around? It's exciting because, like, last few years I've just been on adult Halloween stuff and parties and alcohol and stuff but now i get to relive relive my childhood all over again so i'm just a big kid with her and you know eat all her candy up because she can't eat it all well you got to do quality control right <laughs> make sure it's right I, i'm starting to put her on horror movies a little bit just a little bit i ain't gonna hit her with the big ones yet but okay just yeah. watching halloween theme disney shows and stuff like that it's pretty cool yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, now, you brought up something, Jen, handing out candy. And uh, I don't know, for a long time, right, um, I didn't hand out candy, right? I, I did the old uh, turn the lights out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nobody come by. But the, oh, boo, <laughs> that was not nice. <laughs> but, you, but you know what? The last couple of years, I said, you know what? You know, uh I'm gonna be nice, so I, uh, you know, so I got one of those uh, plastic jack-o'-lanterns, and I shoved a bunch of candy in there, and I, and um, the first time I did it, right, it's like nobody came. <laughs> to my, I think the word was out. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was low-key upset. I was like, oh man, I, I, oh, I you not handing out candy? They, is, they are no past this house. <laughs> So I was like, oh, man. So I was handing out candy, but not in Halloween. It was like for weeks after everybody that came through the house, I was like, take take some candy. Please take it. Take it. You know, begging people to take it. But, uh, um, but you know, the last couple of years I have been giving out candy. Um, so are you, are you guys uh, candy givers, uh, you know, uh, do you, or do you guys turn off the lights like I used to? Well, I'll start with this <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually passing out candy this year. I usually go to like a town square and, and just walk around the whole little complex. But, you know, it's crazy in Vegas right now. So I'm just going to stick to my own little community Smart. and uh, take her out a little bit early in the daytime and stay home and watch some movies and wait till the doorbell ring. Oh, that's what I got some good candy. So they better come and get this good candy. I got, <laughs> I got the Kit Kat, the Snickers, the yeah. Jolly Rancher, the Lollipop. Come on with it, kids. Get it. Oh, they about, they going. It. If they that word that word get out, they gonna be there for sure. Uh what about you, Jen? Do you do you hand out candy or do you turn the lights out? 
Oh yeah, we, we definitely hand out candy and it, we just moved into this neighborhood so we are definitely looking to score some brownie points and we went and got like, you know, awesome chocolate. Not just, <laughs> not cheap, cheap stuff. No, we got some really good stuff. So it, we're, we're definitely looking to score some brownie points here. Oh, that's what's up. And what about you, Cher? Do you hand out candy? Well, it's quite possible I'll be working um, on Halloween, so I won't be home to hand out candy. <laughs> I'm but, most I mean, likely going to be on set. But, so. do you, but do you normally hand out candy? Um, I do. Uh, back in Jacksonville, there's a healthy amount of kids in our neighborhood, so Hubby and I do our best to go ahead and hand out candy. And last last year, I do remember that we went through our candy pretty quick. So what ended up happening is we started turning the lights off after we ran out of candy because we felt bad turning the kids away. It's like, what do you give them after you run out of candy? Like school supplies? I mean, you could, <laughs> but like, you know. No, like, you, write you, write IOU. Them- you write IOUs and be like, you know, <laughs> right? I got like, you. you. I got you tomorrow. Like, giving out- <laughs> That's it. You can't be giving out like lame stuff. You know, like, after all the other kids got the good stuff. So, yeah, we kind of turned the lights off, like, after we ran out of candy so quick. That's what I was going to say, too. Like, it's 2017, so, you know, a lot of people going vegan and stuff. They might be handing out tofu, uh, candy, (laughs) stuff, veggie chips. Kale. Oh, no. Kale chips. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Yep. If you really want to score points, then you actually hand out stuff to the parents, you know? Send them out, like, a little bag of coffee or... That's that's the way you really do it. Hey, I want you in my neighborhood. Shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot. All right. All right. So that's uh, this Tuesday. And um, I want to move over to a couple more topics before we get to our our main thing. Um, Now, does everybody uh, here... um, Subscribe to Netflix. Yeah. What, what about you, Jen? Yep. And shared. Do you do Netflix? Um, I do. Okay, so Netflix, as we know, to get the streaming service, uh, it is it was nine ninety nine, and now they've announced that. And I don't know if it's taking place yet. I should check my bill, but now it's gone up to ten ninety nine for. Uh, for new subscribers and I'm thinking this is just me personally I think this is just the first step it's going to go up way more than that uh, based on the fact that if you know anything about Netflix they've you know they are basically collecting a lot of debt to because they're borrowing money to make all this uh, content and so actually they're losing money right so at some point they're going to have to go up more, you know, per per month. So my question to you guys is, you know, a lot there's a lot of streaming services. You have Hulu, you have Amazon Prime, you have uh, you know, HBO Go, you have the CBS joint and uh, you know, all of these different and I you know, I I left out a bunch of other stuff. So as much as we all like Netflix, my question to you guys is, is there a certain point where it gets too rich for your blood and you would not continue with Netflix? Uh, are you guys okay with the dollar, uh, you know, pay hike? Uh, I'm cool with it. 
I'm fine with it right now. It's, it, it, they definitely have to add some more content in, in that high quality um, statue of um, wanting me to stick around. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, I don't really see nothing wrong with it right now. Right. That's not, that's all I got to say about it, bro. No issue. What about you, Jen? Uh, is there a certain point where you say, okay, that's too much. That's too rich for my blood. Yeah. I think once it gets up to we we generally tend to kind of regard our entertainment in how much would this cost us in movie tickets. Mm-hmm. So if it gets to be you know more than like a movie ticket per person per month, then I think we would probably say yeah okay it's not worth it. So for me that bar is fairly high. I mean movie tickets right now are like what twelve fifty. So you know we got a ways to go before I would consider. Ditching the service, but we only—I mean, we get Amazon because we get Amazon Prime, but we hardly ever watch it. We watch Netflix and we watch Screenbox, and the combination of those two things—I can't—I can't even remember a night when we didn't watch something on Netflix. So it, we get our money's worth out of it. Mm. What? Uh, what about you, Cher? Uh, um, I gotta say, the $1 hike, not so bad. If it goes to $5, though, that's when, you know, us working folks start making those comparisons. Like, that extra $5 a month times a whole year, that's, what, 60 bucks. What could that 60 bucks could start going to instead? You know. It's cumulative at that point. Um, so I'm thinking, yeah, $5 extra from this point would be kind of a breakdown for me. Yeah. Because there are, you know, alternatives to Netflix. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that that would probably be my threshold. Like I said, they stick to the route of I mean, especially uh, now that uh, Amazon uh, Prime, I mean, I have an Amazon Prime account. I've actually been considering switching over to that instead um, because your Amazon Prime account lets you do streaming, too, now. So, But I don't like Amazon Prime original series, though. They, just, I, don't, I couldn't find one show I liked on there. I see a lot of content that I like as far as comedy original series, even big star name movies. Adam Sandler got a couple movie deals and um, just strictly through Netflix. So yeah. just keep it up. And I, I might stay around. My my thing about the whole Netflix thing is if you're going to go up significant in the price, then you, got, you can't go up for what you're already giving us. Like if you can say we're going up, but this is also what you're getting then it'll make it a lot then you can say okay i like that you know i'm not sure what exactly would make me be okay with a significant pay hike but definitely if they're going to do that there has to be something that they give the uh consumer to make us go okay i mean it can't just be oh we have another uh adam sandler movie or whatever you know whatever it is that they're putting out Quality, quantity over quality. You know right. what I mean? So they giving you more for that dollar. It's, right. They they releasing shows like every week, every month now. Like right. they have at least ten new movies, five new stand ups. 
you know. Yeah, they they they're definitely I, I, investing a lot of money into their programming. You know, here's this is the thing that I think about Netflix. The 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 audience diversity level is so big. The demographics that go into Netflix, I can't even imagine what they would be like. And I know that there are markets in different countries, and so they cater different programming to different countries, right? Mm-hmm. But here in hey, the U.S., we we have such an incredible demographic when it comes to how people consume entertainment that I don't think that Netflix is looking for sort of the bottom line, here's the kind of show that we need to to produce more of. I think what they're looking for are things that create uh, a, a baseline among many demographics. And so where one person might not think, yeah, this is totally stellar and hey, you know, it costs them $15 million to produce, when it comes down to it, enough people have watched it in order to make Netflix think, yeah, this was definitely a wise investment. Like, I think that their marketing model is just so different from anything else that we see, even from other streaming services, that until we could kind of figure out inside of their meeting rooms how they're deciding what programming to put in, it'd be really hard to give them a direction about what would qualify as higher quality program. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. You know what it kind of reminds me of is, have you guys ever seen this movie called Moneyball um, with um, Brad Pitt and Jonah, uh, what's his name? Oh, yeah. The big dude, Jonah something. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, right. Right. Um, You know, it's based on a true story, right? It's based on the Oakland A's, how they didn't have any money and they were getting their butts kicked by, you know, the other baseball teams. And they just, they couldn't even afford the concessions, you know, <laughs> like that's how broke they was. So <laughs> Billy being their manager played by uh, Brad Pitt figured out how, what's the best cost effective way in order to win games and using like uh, mathematical equations. And I feel like they're doing money ball with, with money. You know, like like they're using math and algorithms and stuff to kind of figure out, well, what is it that we want? And so they're basically pouring money. They're using they're doing money ball by using the statistical analysis, <laughs> but they're using money with it. You know, like uh, lots of money. Right. And I think it's it's cool. I, I, I don't know if. You know, that, I don't know if it's sustainable, you know, because at some point they're going to have to slow down. A lot. They can't just keep you know spending all that money. L sixty million. They gave Chris Rock sixty million. They gave Adam Sandler like hundred and twenty million. It's like, jeez, that's just three people right there. I know. It's like you know, like Oprah. Like you know how Oprah was like, "You get a car. You get a car." It was like, "You get a car." (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. Can you take the um, feedback what Jay said? I think something that they can really do to make a, a bang for your buck is to add on the different countries of uh, European Netflix and different, um, you know, foreign uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, because like you're, you know, the Netflix is the Netflixes uh, are, uh, <laughs> they, you know, they have certain content in different areas, and you know, of course, we have joint con- content as well, and it, it would be interesting to have. You know, to be able to see what they see in Australia and whatever, uh, and yeah, I, I got, think that'd be pretty. I, cool. I gotta say that one of one of my most favorite Netflix, uh, one of my most favorite Netflix dramas to watch is this 
import from Turkey, mm. which it's called, I forgot what it's called, Resurrection or something. And I mean, it's this, it, it's, a, it's about the time uh, of the last crusade. And it's all, there's like, I don't know, 300 episodes and it's all oh, from wow. Turkey. And it is amazing. I, that's a big surprise. I, I would never pick that up and go, oh yeah, this looks good. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I like that. So, um, we're going to keep our eye on Netflix and see what they do. Um, and today, if, in case you didn't know, uh, Stranger Things Season 2 was released. I haven't seen it yet, but we will yeah. be, <laughs> we will be doing a podcast on it. We just got to figure out how we're going to do it uh, because, you know. I saw a girl on the train wearing a, um, a, a, a sweatshirt with uh, this young girl's face on it, too. I, I looked at her and I said, Demi Gorgon, we had a good laugh on the train today. I swear, it was so funny. Hilarious. That was a good thing, Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to watching all these episodes and then and podcasting about it, too. So we this weekend, we got to figure out how we're going to actually do it, but uh, it, it should be a lot of fun. All right, so one more quick... One more quick uh, topic, and this kind of ties in a little bit in what we were already talking about in, in the fact that it has something to do with Amazon Prime. Now, once again, I'm asking you guys, how many people in this conversation have Amazon Prime? I do. Yep. I do. So we all have Amazon, right? We love Amazon, right? Oh, yeah. Do we love Amazon <laughs> To the point where we let we would let them come in our house while we're not home. Oh, I know where you go with this. <laughs> I know where you go. Uh, no, <laughs> probably not. Well, Amazon. I'll tell you what, they uh-huh. do the dishes on the way out. They can come in. No <laughs> right, I'll be uh, all right. I mean, unless they can clean my house, I mean, that's a different story. But, uh, <laughs> no. Well, Amazon has this thing called Amazon Key, in-home delivery and access. Not at home, not a problem. As a Prime member, you can get packages securely delivered into your home without being there. Plus, grant access to the people you trust, like your family, friends, dogs, dog walker, house cleaners, and no more leaving a key under the mat. Secure access. The in-home kit features the Amazon Cloud Cam Key Edition indoor security camera and Amazon Key compatible smart lock. So essentially, it's a you know it's a digital pad lock um, that you put on your front door. And if instead of them leaving, you know, packages on your front porch or in putting it in your mailbox, which they're not really supposed to do, uh, you know, they can actually come into your house and leave the packages because they're like family, right? Amazon. I mean, I, I give them probably more money than anybody in my family. So uh, <laughs> maybe they are like family. Here's my problem with them, though. <laughs> That's like CCTV, like closed circuit television. And in my mind, you know, even though you can have a nanny cam or a, you know, closed circuit TV watching what's going on in your house, that really does not help intervene when somebody steals your TV at your house. I mean, you might just never see them or the TV ever again. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's helping, I guess, with your renter's insurance claim or your homeowner's insurance claim that yes somebody stole something out of my house but boy that's really not helping you get it back 
very quickly <laughs> or preventing the theft in the first place. Um, so I don't know. It's a big security risk to me. Yeah, but you have Amazon Prime, right? So you can get them to send you one out, a replacement, real fast. I mean, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. What about you, Keenan? Uh, you know, um, you give them your password or to your door and you oh. come home and the Amazon guy is sitting on your couch. <laughs> watching the TV. Oh, Lord. <laughs> like, hey, man, you see this new show on Prime, man? It's pretty good. <laughs> Who is you, man? No, no, I can't do it. Just leaving my stuff on the porch. I already got an uh, Amazon Echo listening to everything in my house. So I don't need to give people access to drop off a package. You know, and like what she said, too, uh, maybe they can unlock the back door, go out the front door, and re-enter the back door, you know? So, I don't know, man. This just sounds too much that we're giving them too much access. Uh, I was thinking about what if they, um, what if it locks up? What if you can't get in your own door? <laughs> right. And how how would that tie into your own home security system? Because I got ADT, so it's going to still go off on my ADT? <laughs> what? Right. I got to unlock it? y'all come in and then lock it again when you go out it's too much i and what stops the amazon guy from waiting three months and then breaking in your house with the code exactly this is be cricket making making keys and stuff so yeah i'm i'm good i'm i'm good on it uh i i'm good i'm okay with a digital lock but I don't want one that Amazon can just come in and out of your house when they feel like, it. you know, like, yeah, no. And no, <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good on that one. I'm good on that one. I, don't, I, I can I don't see wanna... it working. I can see it working if you had uh, like a, a, a real mud room, a real foyer, something where you have like double doors where you could lock your other, your inside door, but then your outside door. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have- that I could totally see, but you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm actually would be, that. would be good with that. I would be good with that. We people in Hawaii rarely lock their doors. I, mean, I think they feel like we're one of the last places on Earth. So for us, it wouldn't really be so much be them having to like install a lock. It would just more let's just teach them some pigeons. So when they show up at the door, they know what to say, and then, <sighs> yeah, that'll do it. And can it be like, is it like a certain amount that before you want somebody to open the door, like a product over $100 or something? If, you know, if it's not over $100, just leave it outside. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it's some, if it's some Sharpies, they don't need to come in the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like if I order some Sharpies, they'd be like, oh yeah, we came up in there and no. What if they see something they don't post to see? They what? They're gonna call the police? In my house? You left your bloody. That would be funny though. You leave your bloody machete. You you leave a a machete with fake blood on, on the floor just to scare the Amazon guy. (laughs) See if they gonna tell. (laughs) Nah, I no. And you and and what if you forgot that you had a package? coming and you came home real quick to take a shower and you come out strutting around naked and the Amazon person is like oh shit right. <laughs> oh lord yeah. oh lord my bad 
You know, right? Like, no free shows, man. Come on. No. You some help with that? I would be more nervous for the people that live in states where they have... Uh, where they have, I forgot, what the what is the name of that law? Um, where it's basically like, you know, self-defense by stand oh, your ground. Yeah, yeah, um, stand your ground where you can shoot somebody. Yeah, you could, If yeah, they come in your house, you can shoot them, yeah. I mean, you know, just by accident, but still dead is dead. You don't really get a redo on that one. So I don't know. I, I, it raises a lot of concerns. I'm not really sure if they've thought this all the way through. I feel like this is the same kind of idea as the drone delivery idea like it sounds great but then when you really think it through you're like well, what who yeah. came up with this you really have to trust them though like we was talking about in the beginning of this like do you really trust amazon some people really do and like mm-hmm. hey this is a new feature i would love to have i don't have to stay home and wait for my packs or or you know wonder if it got stolen or not mm-hmm. well you know, the other thing is, if you live in a major metropolitan area, I mean, I don't know if you guys ever have, but, like, if you live in New York City, you don't want them leaving packages on a stoop. You don't okay. want them leaving packages any place out because somebody in your building will come take it. Whether it's intentional or not, I mean, probably it is, but even if it's not, it's so hard to track stuff down after that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what's funny, though? I um, I had someone, um, I had a, a package came to my house and um it was i had a package come to my house and it was supposed to go to some way some other some other place so i called amazon and said hey you know you delivered this package right i called them over and over and over and they you know they said oh we'll send somebody they never did they never did so uh yeah so i just opened it it was some headphones (laughs) It was some headphones. Uh-huh. It was some nice headphones. Not these, though. It wasn't these. But, uh... I, I, did, a story. I did a story yesterday on my um, podcast. And uh, somebody ordered some garbage totes. And it ended up being 67 pounds of marijuana inside of those garbage totes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they had to call the police. They came and picked it up. And just imagine somebody's looking for that, pot, uh, that package, though. <laughs> yeah, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. But that's kind of dangerous. Yeah, that's that's real dangerous. So, um, you know, I I I think we all give this a thumbs down. I'm, I'm no, I'm not getting Amazon key. I love Amazon, but not that much. So, <laughs> all right. So let's get to the main event, and uh, we are talking the top. Five U.S. presidents. These are the fictional characters. So, so uh, for example, um, you know uh, Anthony Hopkins as Richard Nixon would not count, or um, Daniel Day Lewis as Abraham Lincoln. We're talking about fictional U.S. presidents in movies and television. So the way that we're going to do this is we're going to start off with our number five on our list. We're going to all go around and. Uh, then, you know, after everybody said they're five, we'll go do four, three, two, and then one. And I want to start off with their honorable honorable mentions first. So I, I'm going to start off. We'll, we'll let the ladies go first. Uh, we'll start off with you, Jen. Um, do you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, my honorable mention is the president of Earth. Uh, sorry, I don't have anything more specific, but that Futurama episode where they talked about the president of the earth that the entire earth is basically one giant democracy and he stands up there on the stage and <laughs> the way that they sort of uh, 
make sure that he only runs two terms is that they only give him a body built to withstand two terms as president. I just love that. <laughs> I like that. All right. So, and uh, what's number five on your list? Number five on my list is Independence Day, Mr. Pullman. Uh, um, um, yeah, well, it, it's Mr. Pullman, President Thomas J. Whitmore. Thomas J. Whitmore. It, 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 let me guess it's that speech, right? Um, you know, just everything about that movie just makes me, every time I see it, the office of the presidency comes into sharper clarity for me. I re- There's something about Independence Day that makes me nostalgic at this point for the days when we saw the presidency like a President Whitmore. <laughs> you like mean we don't see it like project. that now? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's another show. So you didn't like the did, now we're talking about the first Independence, not the uh, not the second one. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the first Independence Day. I mean, you know, specifically, I think that that the re- the reason that I liked him so much is because he started out sort of as a wimp, mm-hmm. but then he really rose to the occasion and became something way better. He was willing to give his life for his country. I don't think you can get much better than that. Mm. Spoiler alert: in the second one. Well, I won't say that. I, I don't want to ruin it for people. But it's, it's a horrible movie. <laughs> it's a horrible movie. The second one was garbage. It was garbage. <laughs> that I actually, if I run into, what is it, Roland Emmerich, right? If I run into Roland Emmerich, he owes me, 50, what is it, $14, $15 for that one. <laughs> I swear, I'm like, I ain't leaving till you give me that 15 back, buddy. Oh and parking. Wait, parking was like 250 I think I got some popcorn. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Just, just give me about thirty dollars. Give me about thirty dollars. Oh my god! Give me thirty dollars and I'll let you off the hook. That, he better what give me thirty That was some garbage. Okay. Make it fifty for a little pain and suffering. Because oh, fifty. Make it fifty. That's right, fifty. Give me fifty dollars. <laughs> And I, I, I'll forgive you for that 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 bullshit that you made. Uh, this tally over. is going up by the second. By, by the time I see him, it's gonna be like, give me three hundred and fifty. And then I'm gonna have a list of other people that want some money too. <laughs> you can't take it to people's court for a small claims. Freaking! I should take him to Judge Mathis. <laughs> I'm gonna take him to Judge Mathis. <laughs> <laughs> He gonna find for me. I know Judge Matthews. He gonna be like, I agree. Oh, I agree. Shit. I'm suing too. <laughs> wow. But, but uh, yeah, that's a great number five. So, Cher, do you have any honorable mentions? Um, no honorable mention. Um, but my number five uh, comes out of animation. Now you know that I'm a big sci-fi and uh, animation fan. Um, there's a lady by the name of Penny Johnson Gerald, who she's always uh, doing the voiceover for the diplomat, a president, uh, first lady. You know, some authority figure. She's a, and, she was the first uh, lady on uh, 24. Was, right. And, and she, she and plays Sanders the show. president, the uh, female president in uh, Justice League Gods and Monsters, actually, um, which I love. I love the way they executed it. And so, yes, she is my number five. Yeah, yeah. She was on a Larry Sanders show first, uh, if you remember. She was Larry Sanders' assistant. Yeah, 
on Correct. that show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She, yeah, I like her though. She's she's a good actress. She's a really good actress. Okay, all right. So, what about you, Keenan? What's your? You have any honorable mentions? Yeah, my honorable mention is gonna have to be uh, James W. Swire. Well, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but Jamie Foxx in White House Down. <laughs> all right, all right. you know. Um, I don't got too much to say about it. It was just a good movie, good action, mm-hmm. good flow. Um, President shooting, gotta love that. And it was Roland Emmerich. Uh, my I, number five. And that was Roland Emmerich too, by the way. I believe directed that one, <laughs> The Offender. Oh yeah. <laughs> my number five though is Will Ferrell, George W. Bush, Saturday Night Live. <laughs> okay, all right. Just funny, just like. He hit it on right on the head. If you look up any of those skits, you would definitely laugh. I'm playing George W. Bush, this clueless, clueless thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, <laughs> he was definitely uh, uh, very good at that. Um, can I can I go back real quick though? To uh, I'm gonna throw Roland Emmerich under the bus one more time. Um, oh Lord, he should be on the terrorist watch list. <laughs> Because if you mm. notice, there's a pattern to all of his movies. Independence Day, he destroys the White House, destroys oh, all of his cities and stuff. Godzilla, he just destroys New York. Um, the movie um, The Day After Tomorrow, he freezes the whole world. And all right, <laughs> 2012, he destroys the White House again, everywhere basically, except for Africa. Hey. Uh, and then <laughs> wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So what? You wait a minute. What was that? Hey, you about to give him a pass because he yeah, gave Africa I, like, I kind of like that. Doing? I like that though. Africa was still standing. That was pretty cool. I I I, I give him a pass on that. And the Independence oh. Day, he came back and destroyed the Earth again. I'm like, is he trying to tell us something? Like, he oh, really doesn't boy. like this planet. <laughs> How you destroy the world in every one of your movies? Well, then maybe, <laughs> he be, maybe he needs to be on an MIB alien watch list. How about that one? <laughs> he's the man. If you want to destroy you know, the I, earth, he's the man. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I have a vision in my head of this guy basically thinking of human beings and grabbing this giant can of like people slash roach spray and just spraying it all over the place and that's basically the premise of every script that he writes so if i can get rid of all the people on the planet in how many creative ways yeah okay this is the treatment i'm writing (laughs) yeah i think we should be worried about him but uh i digress can can i throw in another honorable mention sure sure go ahead president Lindbergh from uh the fifth element oh yeah yeah that's a good one yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great movie too, by the way. That's one of those movies that you got to watch like every so often. You know, that's a good. That's a good one. I have an honorable mention. I kind of gave it away in our little pre-chat, but uh, honorable mention is Jack Nicholson in um, in Mars Attacks. That's one of my uh, guilty pleasure movies. I, that movie just <laughs> always made me laugh. Like I know a lot of people hated that movie, but I love. I just love that movie. Like I haven't seen it in a while, but. It was just so funny to me. Like, I'm, I'm not even a big Tim Burton guy. Like, I mean, he's a, a fantastic filmmaker, but I'm not like, you know how some people are Tim Burton guys? Um, but, yeah. So, but that one is probably my favorite Tim Burton movie, to be honest with you. I really, that movie cracks me up every time I see it. I, I think it's just 
so funny. I think it was underrated. So President uh, Dale. That was President Dale. President Dale. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So that's my honorable mention. All right. So my number five. I'm I'm coming out with both guns blazing. This is a film that was really good. Uh, Air Force One. This is President James Jim Marshall, played by Harrison Ford. Uh, you know that movie. Uh, huh? No, I said respect. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it had one of the most iconic lines, you know, in in movie history, you know, uh, get off my plane. And, you know, it's like, you know, the president's kicking ass and taking names. And, you know, it's really it's a really it's a good movie. Uh, Wolfgang Peterson directed it. It is very action, you know, uh, packed movie. And uh, it's basically Die Hard on Air Force One. <laughs> so uh but it, it definitely you know i haven't seen it in a while so i wonder if it still holds up because it came out like 97 so what, what's that about 30 30 years ago wait yeah no 20 years ago 20 years ago my bad so uh uh but yeah definitely that's my number five all right so we'll go back to you jen what's your number four all right, my number four is... I don't, I don't even know if you guys have ever heard of this before. It came out in 2014. It was called uh, Big Game. Mm. And the president is named William Allen Moore. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen this movie, you should see this movie. It is just so good. Um, mm. No, I haven't seen it. Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, is that the one where the plane crashes? The, it's, 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 it's phenomenal. It's so good. It, apparently it premiered first at a a film festival and it got really good reviews and then it came out for a wider distribution. I think it was, I want to say it was like Swedish or Finnish or something. Um, But it's just awesome. It's, I mean, you just, you know, we were just talking about White House Down. Mm -hmm. It has that quality of, sort of every moment is kind of kick-ass is that the movie where the the president's plane crashes and he he's with a kid or something and he's trying to get he's trying to and they're trying to kill him or something he, uh he, i think it, it's it's the no that one i no, think might movie. be different oh okay i, I feel like that's a different i feel like that's a different movie oh okay okay no, no, I'm I'm just, no wait no, wait, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. The, the, the setup leads to, right, yeah, where Air Force One is crashed. Right. Yeah, okay, I, yeah, yeah okay. I thought that was, that was it. Hey, I haven't seen it, though. I, I, I'm thinking in my head, did Air Force One, yeah, no, yeah, you got it. Okay. Cher, what is your number four on your list? Yes, my number four. Now, if I started off with a black female president, I mean, the rest of my list can be considered the Obama-esque list, <laughs> really, because uh, starting off with Danny Glover uh, as my number four in uh, in 2012. You know, I, I mean, I watched a John Cusack movie. I think he's a cool actor and every everything. Um, I think it was a little campier sometimes in like the when they had moments, you know, like funny moments and whatnot than it should have been maybe for like this big epic oh my gosh the entire world is ending type of movie but i was glad to see danny glover in there you know i'm i'm I w- i've always been happy to see a black brother 
you know, booking work, first of all, in a big movie, and second of all, uh, you know, portraying, it was kind of like foreshadowing. Every black president that we've had in, in, in science fiction and TV and whatnot has kind of been foreshadowing up until we got Obama. So the, you, you could consider him like the start of the Obama part of, of my list. So, yeah. Yeah, you, you know what though like low key I, I, I like that movie 2012 right um, mm-hmm. the the most stupid thing ever but is so thrilling is the limo part like yes. cause it's like if you really yes. think about it it's dumb as hell yeah. it's dumb as hell like really like you can't be dipping like that <laughs> You know, you can't be dipping like that in the limo. Like, come on. But it's a great scene, though, because you're, like, on the edge of your seat. I'm like, he's the greatest limo driver of all time. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. that's exactly the campiness that I'm I'm referring to, because I'm like, in real life, don't. Oh, my God, please. Yeah, there's so many moments in that film. You're like, really, dude? But yeah, like that in that movie and Day After Tomorrow, I have to say, was low key. Mm-hmm. I, I, I low key liked it, but I still want my. What is it three hundred and fifty dollars for uh, Independence <laughs> Are Day? Are we though. up to three fifty? Yeah, okay. don't 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 think because I kind of like those movies that you off the hook, Roland Emmerich. Okay. <laughs> Five hundred now. Most of those stress. So. There we go. Five hundred. It's going yeah. up. All yeah, right. Yeah. So what's your number four, uh, Keenan? My number four is Aaron Eckhart on uh, Olympus Has Fallen. Oh, yes. Oh, good dude. Yes. That, that was low-key good, too. That's Die Hard yeah, in the White House. Perfect uh, look on that. Um, let me see, Gerard Butler, man. I just, I ain't, I'm, I'm really not a big fan of him. Me neither. But when it comes to action, uh, he, he pulled off this one. Morgan Freeman, you already know how his voice. He was the president in that and, too. And like, yeah, for like, and, yeah, he low key was the president in that. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, the the second one though was like a video game. Like, like the they did. What was it? Uh, London is falling or something. It, 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 it yeah. felt like a video game. It was like, it was just like bad guys. It's like first of all, okay, their plot is to take over London. It's like how many people did they have on the payroll? Like they had so many. <laughs> like he was actually doing them a favor because that's checks they don't have to cut. Cat, you know, for these guys. So I mean, oh how many God. bad? How many goons can you afford? Because they had so many. Go- he must have. He must have killed like three hundred people. So he must. They must have been like. All right, this is what we're going to do. If y'all, if everyone who don't die will pay. <laughs> because that's what I'm thinking of. It's like, how can they afford all these guys? Like, that's a lot of people they have to pay. And I'm thinking they ain't doing this for like $100. You know? <laughs> Straight up motivation. Just give me 50 Don't die and we'll pay you. <laughs> like, I'm, I don't think those minions are like, just give me 50 
and, and I'll be your, your gunman. <laughs> and die for your cause, and we're going to take care of your family. So that's a good way But they, they must have the most minions of any. I mean, they were just like springing out. They was like, I'm like, how many? It's like, they're just killing them left and right. So, yeah, but, you know, I enjoyed it, though. It was it was stupid fun. So, it was stupid fun. It was stupid fun. I liked it, too. All right, so yeah. number four on my list, I had to go to television. And this is, of course, Frank or Francis Underwood, played by Kevin Spacey on um, House of Cards. House of Cards, I think, is one of the best shows that is going. And... Kevin Spacey is just a fantastic actor, you know, and he's, you know, everything he's in, he's high quality. Um, I was watching, uh, they were showing um, CinemaSins. I don't know if you guys know CinemaSins, but they were doing one on seven. And it just, you know, watching him at the end, you know, when you find out he's, you know, the killer and all of that, uh, you know, he he's just such a fantastic actor. And then, you know, on House of Cards, his character is just so well layered and, you know, just a lot of fun. And when he looks at the screen and talks to the audience, you know, that could be so corny, right? But it comes off so well. He, he, he does it well. The writers do it well. And it's just a fantastic performance by Kevin Spacey. And it's a great show. So number four on my list is Frank Underwood on House of Cards. Right. Remind me of Al Pacino a little bit, how he take his dialogue so serious to perfect and just the way he delivered it with so much poise and just, you feel it. You definitely feel it. And you know what's so funny about it, bringing up Al Pacino, Al Pacino's known for doing Scarface, right? And the Cuban accent. If you really, Cubans don't really sound like Tony Montana. Not really, you know, <laughs> like if, if a Cuban dude is sounding like Tony Montana, he's purposely trying to sound like Tony Montana. Right. But we give him props for the accent. Right. It's so cartoonish. Kevin Spacey's Frank Underwood sounds like it sounds like a uh, like his accent is funny. You know, it sounds almost like Froghorn Leghorn or something, you know, <laughs> but he's Kevin Spacey and he gets away with it because he's Kevin Spacey and he's great, you know. So, but when you listen to that accent, you just like it, you know, it's kind of funny, right? His accent, it's not real, real, it's more cartoonish Southern Froghorn Leghorn, you know, I do declare, you know, <laughs> you know. like colonel sanders and shit oh my god right you know it's just it's it's so funny but he's so good you don't like you don't really give him points to track points for how corny he sounds (laughs) you know how he sounds so but uh you know great movie man it's a great movie so all right so jen what is your number three my number three is <clears throat> okay, this is stretching way back. And uh, I got to preface with we're into the part of my list where these show or these movies are they're old, but I'm a huge TCM uh connoisseur the movie of channel. old movies. I just I can't even And I mean these aren't actual, they're not like ancient ancient movies, but they're older. Okay, this one is it's called The Man. It was mm. done in 1972 president's name is douglas dillman mm. and it's played uh, part of dillman is played by james earl jones mm. and the, the 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 iconic part of 
James Earl Jones as president is basically that you know he he falls into this he falls into the role of being the president in a, a really strange way. Hmm. I won't give away too much, but it's really compelling. And he starts out the movie basically being the puppet of sort of everybody else around him until he finally finds his own voice. And yeah, I'll just say, you know, it's James Earl Jones. So when he finds his voice, he finds his voice. Mm. And it, the, the entire movie is just really excellent. James Earl Jones has a, a, it's a screen presence that a lot of people try to copy, but very few are able to sort of come off with that sort of presence. So... I highly suggest it. I don't know. Have any of you guys ever seen it? Mm-mm, no, I haven't. Uh, it's called The it, Man, huh? It's called The Man. It was done in 1972. Mm. And it, I mean, it's it's got intrigue. It's got, you know, political machinations. It's got all kinds of... And the other thing that's really cool about it is it actually deals with the presidential succession, which is something that we don't... Well, maybe we think about it now a lot. Yeah. We don't usually think you know in terms of that so at the time i feel like this was really uh it was really different it was good i really really liked it if nothing else if for no other reason go and watch the movie turn it on and try not to hear darth vader you you won't succeed <laughs> that'll be fun all right the man okay all right so share what's your number three my number three, somebody help me out with this brother man's name. Brother man, as you know, uh, science fiction, one of my faves, of course. The brother man that played the president in the movie The Fifth Element. Oh, yeah, that's uh, um, that was your honorable mention, Keenan. Uh, Tiny, Tiny, Tiny Lister. Yeah. Yes. Debo. Oh, my goodness. Debo, correct. And it was just, I love that movie, um, just as a matter of course, it's one of my favorite movies. And it was, that was, you know, like I say, one of those early, like, one of the earliest, you know, uh, uh, at least science fiction, uh, you know, foreshadowing of having a black president. And... Uh, yeah, I, I I totally enjoyed seeing him in there. I was like, oh my god, it's Bebo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's been in the business a long time. He, he what was he? Wasn't he in like No Holds Barred or something like that back in the day? What, what was that uh, wrestling movie? Was it No Holds Barred? I think so. Yeah, yeah. and, and he, I'm like, and it's cool. It was cool seeing him. He was all up in his three piece suit and directing people and stuff. I said, oh, go ahead, man. It was you, real cool seeing him in there. This is how long he'd been in the business. I was just listening again to um, the great Robin Harris's uh, Baby's Kids uh, comedy album. Uh, oh, love, wow. love Robin Harris. Love him to death. He was my favorite comedian, right? And mm. um, and he's actually bagging on Tiny Lister in, uh, in it. I forgot about that. Like, I guess he was heckling him or something, and he starts, like, ragging on him. It's so freaking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, so this guy's been around for a long time. And he's, you know, and he was in uh, The Dark Knight, remember? He was, uh, yeah. He, yeah, he had a little spot in that. So, but yeah, that that's a good one. So, all right. Mm -hmm. So, number three, Keenan, on your list. My number three is President Ashton. Ashton. William Hurt, played by William Hurt on Vantage Point. 
Oh yeah, that's a good low key good movie. Yes, yeah, yeah. I love that movie, man. I love the movie. Just the the whole concept of it. People got different stories to tell from every angle, and you gotta check it out if you haven't seen. It. Great Just movie, yeah. It, that. Yeah, that was a great idea for a movie. Yeah, great movie. That's that's a great choice too. Yeah, and he is very pivotal too to uh, to the story. Yeah, yeah. All right. So number three on my list is, of course, uh, President Tom Beck, played by the great Morgan Freeman. Um, in Deep Impact. Yeah. In Deep yeah. Impact. Oh, no. Deep Impact. Okay, I'm going to say this about Deep Impact. <laughs> Deep Impact of all, like, remember, like, four movies, I think it was, came out in, I think that was 95, that had a theme of a comet or an asteroid colliding with Earth. It was a NBC uh, miniseries called like Asteroid or something. I think there was one other, and then there was of course Armageddon and Deep Impact. Yeah, right. Ninety eight, by the way. Was it ninety eight? Okay. Yeah. Now, now, I think Armageddon was the one that was the most popular of those three and made the most money. But my favorite was more so. I actually like Deep Impact. Deep Impact. Uh, I believe Mimi Leader too uh, uh, was the director of that. Uh, she's very popular director. Uh, um, she, uh, she. I think she got her start on ER, or that, that was the thing that brought her to the forefront. I should say, right? Um, and uh, just, I thought it was a really good movie, and I thought that uh, that I love the way that the story unfolded a lot better in that film. But um, and I thought Morgan Freeman was awesome uh, playing the president. You really, you know, it wasn't like corny. I well. Okay, maybe a little bit was corny, but uh, it wasn't like I felt like it was, you know, it was done more serious than, let's say, Armageddon, where, you know, Armageddon was like, you know, Michael Bay, you know, <laughs> you know, you know how Michael Bay do. So uh, which J.J. Uh, Abrams actually wrote uh, Armageddon, by the way. But um, so uh, my number three is President Tom Beck, played by Morgan Freeman in Deep Impact. Or I believe in Italy, the film was called Impacto Profundo. So <laughs> it was something like that. Wow. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny when I saw that. <laughs> All right. So n- number two, Jen, who do you got? You know, before I move to number two, I just got to tell you, I also made a list of the, of the top five worst presidents and, and unfortunately, Morgan Freeman in Deep Impact. <laughs> is, is number one Chris Rock a head of state? No. Actually, I, I think my number one worst president will be controversial to every single person who reads that list. They'll all be going, no, no, that's impossible. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, number two. Uh, you, you all know who Henry Fonda is, right? Oh, yeah. The great. Okay. Henry Fonda played a president in uh, a movie called, fittingly, The President. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, he, he was called The President. The movie was called Failsafe. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the live. It was like live yeah. on yeah, TV. Do, do, you know, do you know that movie? Did yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. They tried to redo it. George Clooney tried to redo it. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, George Clooney tried to do it right. I don't, I don't think that they succeeded really well. I mean, part of the... Part Great of the idea, appeal, though. 
of it was, you know, I don't know, Henry Fonda had some kind of magic on screen. I'm not exactly sure how that worked, but mm-hmm. he was really good. But the, but the pivotal part of that movie, it, it, you know, it centers around this just impossible choice that he has to make, right? And every ounce of emotion that I imagine a president would go through having to make that kind of crazy sacrifice and crazy decision-making process was just etched all over his face. I don't, I, I've seen very few movies that sort of recreate that kind of genuine feeling of dread, terror, horror, while not being any one of those genres. And this movie definitely did it. So he gets a huge thumbs up for that movie for me. Yeah, that yeah that was a uh, um, failsafe was a live TV show. It was it was done live, but it was like a a drama though, a dra- I mean a movie. It was a movie, but it was done live, right? If yeah, I remember that was, correctly, that was the George Clooney kind of. It, it was an experiment, and, and right, I, they tried. I just they I don't think they ever got sort of the movie mm-hmm. uh, depth of feeling. I, I know what they were trying to do, but it, I never actually got that sort of... <clears throat> on an empathetic level, I feel like I'm just sitting on the edge of my seat. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, Cher, what is your number? We're on two. Well, you actually scooped my number two uh, as your number three. I put Morgan Freeman in Deep Impact as my number two. I mean, he's just, the brother man is just so versatile. The man has played the president. He's played an assassin. He's played God. He's played so many <laughs> And he drove Miss Daisy. <laughs> you know. And was nominated so, for an Academy Award for playing a pimp. A lot of people don't remember that. And in the great movie Street Smarts. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, boy. Can you, you know, picture Morgan Freeman as a pimp? <laughs> He was the coldest pimp I've ever seen on in movies. He was For like, real. he was like, which eye you, you know? want? The left eye, or the right eye? The left eye, or the right eye? Pick, pick. <laughs> you know? Oh, please don't get me started. That's a whole other podcast about uh, how our black brothers uh, in Hollywood aren't nominated until they playing something underhanded. Right. But like, I just, I, I enjoy Morgan Freeman, no matter what I've seen him in. Um, so yeah, definitely he's my number two. Yeah, he he definitely got range. If you can play God, the president, and a pimp, you are definitely got range. And an assassin, <laughs> and a, an assassin, a butler. I mean, not a butler. What was he? A driver? Uh, uh, Miss yeah. Daisy. Yeah. So <laughs> I hated that movie, by the way, Miss Daisy. Uh, I, but I love the oh, living God. color. I love the living color though. Uh, riding Miss Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that shit was funny. Oh man, that shit still makes me laugh every when I see that clip. That's funny as hell. <laughs> they used to get away with some shit on that show, boy. They couldn't even do that yeah. stuff now, but it, it's pretty funny though. All right, so uh, Keenan, uh, what's your number two? My number two was Bill Pullman for uh, Independence Day, but I might have to call an audible. I might have to just pick something funny. I'm going with Leslie Nielsen, President Harris on the Scary Movie franchise. <laughs> <laughs> the late great Leslie Nielsen. Yes, yes, that was good. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, that that, that was funny as hell. Yeah, I love it. I love, I love 
because I love all the crazy the parody movies and mm-hmm. he made a funny president. He was. He was great. He was really good. He had a he in hit the later part of his career he definitely had a, a big change when he was doing the airplane and and a naked gun and all those movies. So yeah, that's great. All right. So number two on my list is a film that came out in ninety five and um it was the precursor in a way to uh the west wing uh it was it's called uh the american president and president andrew shepherd played by michael douglas if you haven't seen the american president you definitely should see it it's written by the great aaron sorkin and i believe rob reiner directed it um aaron um it's a it's essentially a romantic comedy um but it's a very funny film. Essentially, the, the storyline is the president of the United States is a widower, and he meets uh, a young lady played by Annette Bening and falls in love with her, and he actually tries to date her while he's the president of the United States. And you can imagine that causes a lot of stir with, you know, in the political realm. And it's just a fantastic film. And uh, if you haven't seen The American President, it, I mean, it still holds up. It's st- like if you see it now, that it still is funny and it's still, you know, everything that drew me to it, you know, 20 something years ago, it's still, I saw it like a couple of years ago and it was still just as fresh and funny. And, uh, that's, uh, my second president is Michael Douglas in uh, the American president. All right. So now we're, we're getting to our number one. So Jen, you have the pleasure of giving number one on your list first. Okay, <clears throat> my number one is, uh, the movie is called Seven Days in May. Hmm. Uh, again, it, 1964, I guess, was a popular movie to release movies about sort of crisis in the U.S. Mm. Uh, the, the president's name uh, was Jordan Lyman. And uh, have you ever seen uh, Seven Days? Mm-mm. No. <clears throat> okay, so the the... the just sort of real quick, the premise of the movie is the the military of the United States is about to coup the, the United States presidency, the executive offices, or the, the executive order, right? And um, there's these two sort of high charisma generals that are that are front and center in this story. And it doesn't look in the beginning like the president is going to be able to figure out a way to keep them basically from taking over control of the government. And they're doing this because they think that this treaty that we created, a nuclear disarmament treaty, is is bad, is really, really bad. And so they want to take over the government because of those decision-making processes. Okay, so the movie, the, the screenplay was done by Rod Serling. Oh, who, is amazing anyway, right? The, the story was actually written by somebody else, but the screenplay was written by Rod Serling. So there's some really awesome stuff around that. But the second part, and the reason that I think that this movie holds up so well, if you get a chance to see it, you should see it, is that from a technical aspect, and I'm, you know, the cinephile in me kind of goes crazy when I see this stuff, every shot in this movie is done in so incredibly well, and specifically the shots that they do of the president you can really see a progression from the beginning of the movie, how they shoot him in sort of softer light, how they give him less of a presence, how they even, even the, the shadowing and the scenes changes. 
as he gets stronger throughout the film, his his composition in the screen changes. It changes in where he just is on the screen itself. The lighting changes. The background scenery is less important or like he doesn't blend into it. There's just so many technical things to love about how they create the presidency through visual storytelling that it's it just blows me away every time I see it. On top of that, the story is fantastic. And the president, the, he's the kind of president that you would want to have in the White House if there was such a coup attempt. Mm. So that gets my number one. You know that that film reminds me of a HBO film called Enemy of the State, and it was uh, it starred um, oh my god uh, he played Edi Amin Forrest Whitaker, <laughs> and uh, oh yeah. yeah, and it was like this movie, but it wasn't centered around the president. It was centered around uh, Forrest Whitaker was like a military guy, and he found out that his bosses had were gonna do a coup and replace the president and he had like you know very little time to try to stop it or something like that i wonder if that movie was inspired by the film you're talking about because you know, that movie yeah. came out in the the movie i'm talking about came out yeah, I think in really, the late 90s maybe it, it it definitely may have been it's it, it has a really similar thread i remember that actually it's got a really similar thread the the thing that makes um the thing that makes seven days in may so awesome i think is uh, once again and i'm not dissing anybody's current production of any